Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for once again joining us at the Union Gospel Mission on the radio show here. I, I so appreciate you guys listening. Again, um, I appreciate all the cards and letters that you sent after the loss of my wife and my sickness with the COVID-19, and I do appreciate it. I also appreciate very much that over the course of all these years, uh, you have chosen to support the Union Gospel Mission, and so you don't you don't hear us talking much about the COVID uh, experience and asking for money in regard to that because you guys have never stopped donating to us, and so more than anything, I would like to thank you for that as opposed to you know trying to solicit funds. You you have. You have really brought us through this thing in in wonderful shape, and I appreciate it. Um, All the time I was sick and I was gone, I kept thinking about, you know, the good things that have happened at the mission and the, the good things that we've experienced over the years. I've been there for over 15 years now, and, and, uh, as a pastor, it was, I was grateful all the time that I've been there. A mission is a mission, and our mission is to the ragged edges of Sacramento, to the people that so often, you know, we we see a segment of the homeless population, we see the abuse, and we see the trash, and we see those things, and and we tend to want to just give up. But there are many of them out on the street that really do need help, that have lost their way, and That's why our drug and alcohol rehabilitation, and as I said last week, it's really a rehabilitation. It's not, it's it's not, or recovery, but it's not just drugs and alcohol. There's a whole lot of different addictions that a person can come into, and because a person falls into an addiction, doesn't mean they have to stay there, but it does often mean that they have to have help, and so. Our 24 guys, we don't have 24 on the program right now. We're a little shyer than that. But we have capacity for 24 men to live with us on our nine-month program. They come in at different times, and they leave at different times. And they and, and a, a, a great deal of them graduate. Uh, some don't. But it's that starfish principle we talked about the little boy on the beach throwing starfish back in after a hurricane and when the old man asked him son you what are you doing he said well i'm i'm saving these starfish he said there's millions of them you can't you can't make a difference and he said i can make a difference to this one and if if we can make a difference to and it's far more than one or two that have been you know have come through our program and Sometimes it's not a matter of regaining their lives because sometimes they never had a real life to begin with. And then you get other guys like my friend who's sitting across from me, also Tim. Uh, he's our our cook, our chef. Uh, he's the kitchen supervisor, which, by the way, means more than just him going out and cooking. He has to 
tell the men about recovery as they're going through it. And he winds up like everybody who works close, you, you, you offer suggestions and helps and prayers and all those kind of things. He also is in charge of more than just making the food, but distributing it to the homeless right now because we can't have them come into the dining hall. So Tim had to come up with a way to get hot meals into individual packages and give them to the men uh, via a table and our program guys and then out to the street. And then, of course, we have to go out and clean up the residue that happens so that other people don't have to. But that was an idea he had to come up with. Uh, food boxes. He's in charge of the food boxes. Many people don't realize we give out food boxes all the time to working poor families, to people over 65. And so he does a lot of that. There's holiday food boxes. There's just a myriad of things that happen in the kitchen. And each one of those steps is a little bit of a discipleship, too, to we have an employee, Willie, who went through the program, and he was his intern. And so he has to advise him, has to groom him for better things later on. So I would like to introduce you to Tim, but I would like to tell you that he's not embarrassed for me to tell you that many years ago he went through this program too. And he was successful before the program, but only in a worldly sense, only in the sense of having a job, having a position, being in management, making money. And all those things sound pretty good, but if you don't have salvation, you don't have the Spirit walking with you when your your God is your body and your food and your pleasures, it's an empty life, even when you have success in it. So, Tim... Um, You've come up with some unique things. One of the things that we've been struggling with, and I told them a little bit, but maybe you could illuminate them to the plan that you have since we may not be able to be even open by by Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, we still plan on doing the meals. We're just going to offer to-go boxes. So we're still going to have our traditional Thanksgiving meal. We're going to have our traditional Christmas meal as well. The only downside to that is we will not provide it in our dining room because of the COVID. But we are uh, mask-wearing, glove-wearing, and each and every one of our guests, the homeless, whoever they are, will be entitled to that food. Um, I make it a point to make sure that our homeless are not forgotten about, and we all do at the mission. That's our purpose. That's why we're there. And I think we're all there because we're called there. I don't think it's a choice. We say, okay, we want to work at the mission. You got to have a heart for it. You got to have a care in your heart to want to give back. Because, like the pastor touched on, a lot of our homeless people, they didn't choose to be out there right away. We want to categorize everybody. Oh, they don't want to work. Yes, yeah, some of them people do really want to work, and they just get hit with one thing after another like right now they say shelter in place well where are the homeless supposed to shelter you know they're on our streets they're in tents but sometimes and i catch myself every every now and then looking and just kind of shaking my head but what i'm shaking my head for is that god bless them with the opportunity to have just a little bit of what we have 
it doesn't have to be a lot, a job, you know, a roof over their head. We don't, right now, we're not providing shelter for our guests. We may not be doing the warming center, and these are all things that we want to do for our guests. It isn't, we don't feel no obligation to do it. We feel it's our responsibility to do it. Yeah. Uh, we, we take very seriously uh, trying to not only balance helping the homeless and our program men, but trying to obey the laws of the lands, whether we agree with a specific law or request, we try to do whatever we're asked to do. I think one of the edifying things was that, you know, we bought a machine that fogs the mission and kills the COVID virus for the offices, for the men's dorms, anywhere in the mission we can go. And um, the, the county said that we exceeded their, uh, their mandates. I don't know what helps. I don't know if the masks, how effective they are, but after watching my wife suffer and being so sick myself, my, my concern isn't, I'm not wearing a mask to protect me. I'm, I'm wearing a mask because I don't, want to, I don't want anybody else to suffer. Does it work? I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not in the know on things. And I never really thought they, were, they made a difference. But you know what? Um, your perspective changes with loss. And sometimes you think, you know, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make anybody else sick. And I've had the COVID virus and spent whatever it was, 10 days. I had to ask somebody, I don't even remember how many days I was in. It was horrible. I've never been so sick. Before I got to the mission, I'd had bacterial pneumonia that I got there as a volunteer years ago. And it was nothing compared to this. So I, I know the experience for other people is some of them, it's very mild and almost maybe because I'm, I'm diabetic, maybe, I don't know, and my wife was, had MS. But I'm just saying I, I don't know. I don't want to be dogmatic about any of that stuff. I'll do whatever I can to make sure that somebody else is safe. You know, I, I really, it's not a matter of capitulating or saying, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> I want to make the government happy. I'm never going to make the government happy. Yeah. But I just, I don't know, the, the loss of my wife has greatly affected how I look at things, you know. And, of course, I had to struggle with the fact that, that I may have brought it from the mission to her. But you see, I also follow Jesus Christ and believe that he, that God is powerful in all things and that nothing goes by his understanding and that trust isn't necessarily something that you, you can give evidence to when everything's going right. I know where she is. I know she's safe in the arms of the Lord and I know that Amen. no matter how the COVID virus got to my wife, um, that God knew her time, and he knows my time, and he knows yours too. So important, though, Tim, is, 
is how we walk with Christ, right? Absolutely. We had a conversation the other day, and I was talking to a fellow employee, and I says, wow, if we all just went home, who would be there for our guests? Who would be there for people? If we just all just stop what we were doing, that's what I was reflecting on. You have to be called to do this. Hmm. You know, God, God did not choose who he was going to feed. When he turned the fish into, he fed 5,000. He didn't care who it was out there. Hmm. And we're supposed to do the same thing. So, you know, with the COVID and things, we, I appreciate people on the front lines. I appreciate you, Pastor, for everything you went through. I appreciate everybody that works at the mission because, you know, at the end of the day, they suit up and they show up. And for what cost? The cost of serving others. And that's the key. I think that's the key. That's when God, you see God dwelling in your life. God always says he watches by the fruits that you, and that's a fruit. I mean, you're giving of yourself and no longer like myself. I can speak only for myself that, you know, there was times I was greedy. I would not think for other people. I did not care about other people. I cared about what I can get right now. And even though I made good money and I had good jobs, I used to say, God bless me in spite of myself. And until I came to the saving knowledge of grace and glory is I didn't even know that I can get full like I am now. You know what I mean? I, do. I don't have the big cars. I don't have the fancy stuff. But what I have is peace. Amen. And there's no price tag you can put on that. So, you know, going through this program, it was an eye opener. I was one of them people who couldn't see myself living with, you know, 24 guys and all these attitudes. But it is difficult. Oh, it's definitely difficult. You know, you have people and everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got this. So, But the program is centered and geared on Christ. Mm -hmm. And as long as you keep your eye on him, I mean, that's the key. I mean, we want to, we want to be able to change. And I just, I just, you know, thank each and every person who contributes. I'm there. People want to bring food. I can't take everybody's food because I'm limited based on the health department what I can and cannot sure. accept. But we appreciate that. Oh, thought. gosh, absolutely. And I talk to people every day, well, can I bring this and can I bring that? And, you know, it's just it's heartwarming to know that, you know, humanity is still out there in some shame, you know, some it form. Is. It is. And, you know, and I'm glad that the Lord's raising us up to do, make a stand. And, and I can really, really appreciate the mission for what it does. Well, and I, I echo that sentiment. Um, when I came to the mission, I had to pray about it, you know, because I had gotten so sick before from there. But um, I'm grateful for everything the mission does. I'm grateful to our donors who participate by don't make Man. a donation. Um, and to your point, uh it's not, you know, it may not be for everybody, but I got to tell you that uh, that there's certainly great rewards, too. Because um, when you, so many people go to work every day hating the place they're going to. I don't hate the place I'm going mm -hmm. to. Uh, I appreciate the mission, and I'm grateful for the people that I work with. I'm, I'm grateful for Tim here, and and. Uh, are there frustrations and are there problems that happen? Of course there are. I've spent a lot of, over the years, sleepless nights because of things that were going on. But 
it all comes down to trusting the Lord that he has he has what is best for us in mind if we if you are a believer now we were i was reading a devotional just today and it pointed out that sometimes what looks like absolutely the worst thing is what god has in store for us for us it may not be good for us at the time we think but it builds us it grows us it it makes us a little more christ like and because of those times of suffering or those times when we feel like, well, Lord, I, don't, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but the bottom line comes down to that even when we don't understand, that's when we need to trust. You know, uh, Pastor Mooney at the mission, just his wife also uh, went home to be with the Lord. And it's it's... It's hard when you lose a spouse, but, you know, he is grieving, but not as the world grieves because he knows he will see Roberta again, and he knows that the Lord is good. So we start from the, the idea with the staff and everyone else, God is great, God is righteous and holy, and what he does is correct. Now, instead of trying to fit that into our mold, we need to look at everything in life from the perspective of how, what God wants, right? And he has greatly blessed the mission. Hmm. You know, when I got there, and it certainly isn't because of me, but when I got there, well, the mission had some, had some trouble, had some financial troubles. And, well, you guys, over the course of the years— have made sure that we always had enough to take care of our men and the people out on the street. So uh, I'm grateful. Uh, Tim pointed it out the other day. We lost one big distributor of food to us, and before the smoke had cleared, there was someone else in the wings, a corporate-type entity that wanted to donate their extra food. Uh, so that's how it happens, huh, Tim? Every time, God is always there. He is faithful, and we've never not had enough to feed our guests, and it's a blessing. You know we've been there and prayed on eggs, and here comes a truck full of eggs. I mean, I've seen it several times, and um, God is just faithful to us. He shows so much favor, and I want to always believe it's because we do what we're supposed to do. Yeah. There's a lot of people who claim this, claim that, do this, do that, but you know, I see God's work every day, and I appreciate coming into work and seeing God dwell within us, and it's a blessing. I remember, you know, specifically, and it's happened many times, but my predecessor and everybody that was here at the time told me it actually happened like that. <laughs> they said, Pastor, we don't have even enough eggs for, for breakfast tomorrow. He said, do you pray about it? Well... He said, well, you need to pray about it. And they did. And I don't know what the why it happened, whether a truck tipped over or whatever, but they brought in pallets of eggs, <laughs> more than we could possibly use. And so it's kind of like the loaves and fishes. When they came back, you know, there was baskets full of it. Uh, we had that with bread a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. We weren't getting any bread. Yep. And all of a sudden, bread was starting to come in before we ran to the point where we didn't have any. 
And so it bumps you up against your faith and against your trust, but it also restores in you that, oh, yeah, it looks pretty bad, but we'll, uh, we'll get through this. Amen. Um, you know, it's funny, too, because uh, Tim and I were just talking about it. Some of the things that would have been important once upon a time because I lost Olga because of the stress of coming back, because of the stress of almost... I can't say I almost died because God has the time that I'm going to go. So the doctors may have thought I was going to die, and I certainly thought that might be the case. I was trying to prepare to meet the Lord. Um, But uh, because of all those stresses, I was telling Tim, my hair is coming out. It's getting thinner and thinner. You know, it was never super thick, but... I, every time I run the comb through the hair, and my daughter said, well, here's the reasons that this can happen. Here's the condition. Uh, the loss of a, of a spouse or a close person, uh, stress, sickness. Uh, it just went down the line, and she said, Dad, you have all five. <laughs> and once upon a time, uh, losing my hair would have been just devastating to me. But you know what? I... I told my kids and I told some of the staff people, yeah, it's possible it'll start growing back. But if it doesn't, then I'm okay with it. It's it's whatever the Lord wants. I don't, you know, I just don't have one of those pretty heads. <laughs> <laughs> but it also puts into perspective, it's the people around us that make the difference, too, that God places spouses and friends and employees and many and the employees are also friends and and those type of things and so it's not just a matter of of whether you have hair don't have hair have pretty clothes to wear or or you're strong or weak you know uh i lost a lot of weight (laughs) i lost like 25 or 30 Mm -hmm. pounds I wasn't exactly overweight at the time. <laughs> uh, I have pictures when I came home that I've only shown to a select few because I am not kidding you. I looked like death warmed over. But through all this thing, my prayer has been that that God would strengthen my resolve to love him with my heart and mind and soul and strength and to be able to have the love for my neighbors, which includes the the homeless and those less fortunate and those more fortunate and those that don't know Jesus. Uh, and so I believe he's answering those prayers. So the rest of it, that's that's immaterial, isn't it? So, Tim, we're down to one minute. Anything you'd like to say to the Just folks? like to thank everyone who continues to contribute to the Union Gospel Mission. My prayers go out to each and every one of you and your families, and God bless you. Yeah, and we're going to do the very best we can to keep the people fed, to keep the program going. And I don't mean that in we might not. I mean that in we're changing. Every time the rules change, we change to try to keep up with it. So... Be assured that the Union Gospel Mission, your Union Gospel Mission, is there representing Christ and trying to love people the way that he had asked us to love people. And I'm so appreciated to all of you. 
and to this radio station. So as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916 447 3268. 916 447 3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.